So there was this guy who um, made it big with an internet company, one of these uh, dot-com companies. And he ended up uh, making a lot of money, but he had to move to Europe uh, to work there in their, in their offices in Europe. And so Mother's Day came, his mom's in America, and he's like, i got to get mom something special, I can't be there with her, can't really, you know, I want to I hold her and, and, and hug her and talk to her and be face-to-face with her, but I can't, so i got to get something really, really special. So he had plenty of money, so he bought her a uh, parakeet. Uh, easy? Uh, he talked five languages. He was, he was fluent in five languages, one of those talking birds. And he thought, well, mom's alone, and, and you know, she'll love having that other voice in the room, and, and so I'm going to send her that. He paid $5,000 for that bird. Another couple of thousand to ship it, make sure nothing happened to it, and make sure it really got took care of. And so um, Mother's Day came and went, and he never heard from her. And so about Wednesday or Thursday after Mother's Day, he called her and said, Hey, Mom, um, happy Mother's Day. I, she said, Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. He said, Hey, uh, did you get the gift I sent you? She said, Oh, the bird? He said, yeah, yeah. She said, it was delicious. She's a country girl. She makes some, some parakeet and dumplings. And she said, um, he said, oh, you, you ate the bird? She said, yeah, I ate the bird. That's what we do on the farm. I thought that's why it was really fresh. And um, he said, mom, uh, that bird cost $5,000. She said, what in the world? That's what we say in the South when we don't know what else to say. What in the world? And uh, she, he said, I, I, I paid a bunch of money to have him shipped to you. And mom, uh, that bird spoke five languages. She said, well, why didn't he say something then? <laughs> a little Mother's Day humor for you. You're punching your guest right now going, he's got jokes. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about honor. The Bible is very clear about honoring your parents, honoring mother and father. And parents often get a bad rap, don't they? Television shows, blogs on the internet, autobiographies written by children about their parents, made for TV movies, Lifetime. My mother was a monster. Other forms of media often reveal the ugly truth of family drama that goes on behind closed doors. As Christians, Jesus said we are to be the light of the world. Even in our own often dysfunctional homes, we are still to be the light of the world. Really, that's where your light ought to begin shining is in the home. It shines best and brightest when we stop living in the negative past that we may have with our family or with our parents or with other relationships, and we shine brighter when we press forward into the future uh, as it relates to relationship and especially with our parents today. This doesn't mean living in denial of past wrongs or hurts, but rather looking forward and walking in freedom. And that's what I want to challenge you to do today. 
We all can look back in our families at past times when we were divided, when we had disagreements, when we had really serious arguments. You may be in that situation right now where you haven't talked to your child in a long time. Your child hasn't talked to you, and, and there's just this gulf between you. And what I want to encourage you to do today in this message is to uh, narrow that gap and reconnect with your mom, reconnect with your dad, reconnect with your children. So as I always do, and as we always do it here at the bridge, we want what we teach and we want what we preach here at the bridge to be practical for you. How do I honor my mom and dad? How, what does that look like? What are some ways I can honor my parents? You know, uh, honoring your mom and dad is in the top ten, the Ten Commandments, and it's number five, right smack in the middle you know, between adultery and murder, so it's pretty important, don't you think, that we, uh, that we love our moms and dads and we honor them. As a matter of fact, it is a commandment with a promise. It's a commandment with a promise. He says, if you will honor your mom and dad, I will add years to your life. So I'm assuming if you don't honor your mom and dad, he's going to subtract some years from your life. You know, we talk about it all the time. I say it all the time. I know you've heard me say it. You know, should be a sign over every teenage uh, kid's room. Dishonoring your parents, warning. Dishonoring your parents could be hazardous to your health. Take you out early. I mean, God wasn't kidding when he said that. It shows us how important this is to God, how important it is that we honor our parents. I think there are three basic ways that you honor your parents. We're not going to preach on each of these ways, but I think that you honor your parents primarily with the words you say and how you say them. And the moms and dads said, and the actions, because talk isn't enough. We've got to put our talk into action and time, giving them time, being with them. So let's talk about it. I'm going to give you, oh, you're going to be so relieved today. Y'all remember how many points I had in my sermon last week? 13. Oh, listen to this. I'm cutting back to 10 today. <laughs> cutting back to 10. Number one, y'all ready? Hey, if y'all listen quickly, I'll go through it quickly. But if you listen slow, it's going to take a long time to preach this sermon. Now, here's how you listen quickly. You're giving me some awesome feedback. All right? Now, really, the moms and dads ought to be hearing from you today. Preach. Preach, Pastor. Number one, here's what your parents want, number one. They want you to listen. They want you to turn your phone off. And they want you to patiently listen. Patiently listen. James 1.19, everyone should be quick to, slow to, and slow to become angry. Boy, that's good family advice right there. Families would get along a lot better if we do James 1, 19. Our parents need us to slow down. They need us to listen to what they have to say. Now, today, as I'm talking, you know, I'm at that place in my life where my parents are older, where I'm older, and I know that's not the case with many of you, but these are things that we can write down, things we can learn. We'll send you these notes. These are things you can teach your children if they're young and bring them up to understand these things because if you help them understand it and they obey it, then God will add 
years to their life. But you know what else I think God will do? He'll add life to their years. Isn't that pretty important? So our parents need us to slow down. They need us to listen to the things they have to say. There's much that we can learn from the past generations. Uh, to, and, and when we listen to past generations, when we listen to those who are older, it helps us to avoid pitfalls. It helps us to avoid mistakes that they've made and learn lessons from them. I've even had young couples and young adults say to me, I've been to college. My mom never went to college. My dad never went to college. I mean, I've got a degree. You might have so many degrees you look like a thermometer. But I'm going to tell you something. You need to listen to your mom and dad. You know why? Not because they're necessarily smarter than you. They're just a little further down the road. You know, if I was taking a trip to Texas, and let's say my mom and dad were able to travel like that, and they were going to go to Texas, and they said, look, we're going to leave a week before you guys, and we'll just meet you down there. Here's what my mom and dad would do. They would take off, and then they'd call back and go, hey, man, there's a restaurant at exit, blah, blah, blah. And it's a great restaurant. We want to let you guys know about that. You'll love it. Or, uh, hey, there's a road uh, construction in this area. It would be better to go around another way. And uh, there's a really dangerous intersection at blah, blah, blah. And we want to let you know about that. See, it's not that they're smarter than me. They have been down the road. They have seen some things. They have experienced some things. So when your mom and dad want to tell you something and they want to give you some advice, and it might be some advice, you go, do they think I'm five years old? Do they think I'm a kid? Let me tell you something. Here's how you honor your parents. Boom. Right there. Listen to what they have to say. Listening says, I love you. Hey, this works in marriages too, by the way. Just thought I'd mention that. Listening says, I love you. Listening says, I value you. Very important to listen. Number two. See, y'all are listening fast. Number two. Did you know you can disagree with your parents? But you do it how? There's where we mess up. We're good at that. Not good at that. Not good at that. Warning could be hazardous to your health. 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your, and to moms, older women as, so you treat your, you treat older men as if they were your father, you treat older women as if they were your mother. Now the assumption in this verse is that you're going to be respectful to your father. You're going to be respectful to your mother. This verse really isn't about how you treat moms and dads. This verse is how you treat people who are older. And it says, you treat older people, and when it's a man, like it's your dad. Because the writer here, Timothy's assuming you're going to be respectful to your dad. So be respectful when you're dealing with an older man. Be respectful to an older woman as if she is your because Timothy is assuming you're going to be respectful to your mom. Is that assumption true with you? There's our evaluation question today. Are you respectful to your parents Do, when you disagree with them? How many of you know they're not always right? They're not always right. I'm a parent. I've been wrong before. Parents are wrong. There are no perfect parents. And you can disagree with them. And there are times that you voice that disagreement. But can I just ask a question? Is it always necessary? 
when you disagree with your parent, is it always necessary to make that known verbally? You know what? Sometimes when your parent says something you don't agree with, sometimes you have to measure in your mind, if I say I disagree with this, am I going to start an unnecessary conflict? I don't have to say amen, I agree with that, but I can just let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Is that the song? Let it go. Everybody say that with me. Let it go. You don't have to say something every time. Do y'all know that person? Don't point. Do you know that person who if you say something and they don't agree with it, they cannot let it go. They got to go, I don't agree with that. I mean, it's just not necessary every time when you don't agree with something to make a deal out of it, to make a big deal out of it. But when you do feel like you need to speak up, and you don't agree wholeheartedly with something. I mean, they could be absolutely wrong with their opinion or their, even their lifestyle. If, you're, if your parents are not believers, uh, their lifestyle uh, might be something that you would love to talk to them about or speak to them about. But you still honor them by resisting the urge to be disrespectful in your words. Resist the urge to be disrespectful in your actions. Resist the urge to be disrespectful in your manners, good manners toward parents. Number three, when your parents offend you, you what? Forgive how? Quickly, don't hold on to it. You got to let it go. Let it go. Now, look, I'm going to break out singing that song, the whole song, if I have to. Forgive quickly. You do not mean that. Hebrews 8 and 12, Hebrews 8 and 12, I will forgive their wickedness. You say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not saying my mom and dad are wicked. Listen, though, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. You say, is that about parents? Is that about kids and parents? You, you know what that's about right there? That's about God and you. That's God talking about you. God says, if you'll come to me, trusting me, believing me, accepting the work of Jesus on the cross and Jesus cross, uh, Jesus Christ's uh, resurrection from the grave, I will forgive your wickedness. I will remember your sins against you no more. So here's what we're saying. We are to forgive as God forgives us. You say, I tell you, Pastor, my parents have said things so hurtful to me, so hurtful to me. Hey, listen, I don't doubt that. I'm not arguing with you about that. It could be very, very true. I mean, one of the, one of the worst ways to wound a person is with words. But when you find it hard to forgive your parents, hey, listen, when you find it hard to forgive anyone, just pause for a minute and think about all the forgiveness that God has extended to you and all the forgiveness that other people have extended to you because we've all messed up, haven't we? We've all messed up. And especially think of how God, in his grace and mercy, grants to us not what we deserve. Are you glad God doesn't give you what you deserve? Man, if God gave you what you deserve, you'd already be gone. You wouldn't even be here. But he doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what we need. And what is it that we need? We need grace. We need mercy. We need forgiveness. And y'all have heard me say this before many times. If you want to reap that from somebody, you better sow it to other people. You cannot reap a crop you have not sowed the seeds. So you show grace. You show mercy. 
You give people space to mess up. You offer people quick forgiveness. And then when you need it, maybe there will be some crop there. Does this make sense? For you to reap for yourself. But if you've not sown mercy, if you've not sown forgiveness, if you've not sown love and, and you've not sown uh, uh, the grace, then you're not going to reap that when you need it. Very, very, very important point right there. And then how much more should we extend grace and mercy to our parents? You know, we talk about extending it to other people, but our parents, uh, that's a double honor to do that for our parents. When we extend that same forgiveness that is freely given, then God promises us that there's no pain we'll ever face in our lives that he cannot touch and that he will not touch. So when you are quick to forgive an offense from your parents, then God will touch that pain in your life. He will minister to that place in your life. When we obey God, get this, when we obey God, it creates, it creates um, channels for the blessing of God to flow into our life. That's what obedience does. So when you forgive quickly, you're obeying. Number four, number four, stay connected to your parents. Stay connected. This is how we honor them. You say, what does honor look like? I know I'm supposed to honor my mom and dad. What does it look like? Stay connected. One another, and we've talked about this the last few weeks in other sermons, but over 50 commands in the New Testament on how you're to treat one another. Well, those commands also relate to your parents, how you treat them how you are toward them. The Bible talks about loving one another, forgiving one another, confessing our sins to one another. Over and over and over, we could give you many, many things. But these are commands, and they are to be obeyed in relation to our parents. We are disciples of Christ. Therefore, we honor our parents by staying in contact with them through letters. And I'm, I'm speaking today, you know, I get to be with my mom. I was with my mom yesterday. Um, I'll probably see her also today. Uh, but a lot of you don't get to do that. A lot of you, your mom has passed on, and your mom isn't with you anymore. So you can't do that, but you can be an example, and you can teach, and you can influence those who still have their mom to have this kind of love and to have this kind of respect by staying connected. Um, letters. Cards, emails, you know, we got a lot of military in our church, and a lot of our military couples and families are not going to get to see their moms today. They're not going to get to talk to their moms. Uh, maybe uh, maybe even a phone call that might, that might not work out because of time differences or whatever, uh, and so they don't get to talk to them today. But stay in contact with them. Uh, teach them how to use email. Don't teach them Facebook, but do teach them about email. I'm just kidding. Letters, cards, text, phone calls, other ways. Stay in contact with them. It means the world to them. Now listen to me, you young parents who've got these little ones, and you don't stay in contact with your parents the way you should. Now see, that's what you're sowing. So then later when your kids are grown, you might reap that. So when you're thinking about how important it is, you know, some of you might be thinking, man, she just drives me nuts. I never call, it's never enough. I, I can't send enough letters. I can't send enough cards. It doesn't matter what I do, it's not enough. Hey, listen, one day you're going to be their age, and you, your kids are going to be your age. And you're going to want them to stay in contact. So sow those seeds now so you will reap those later. Does that make sense? 
You say, well, it's inconvenient, but a minor inconvenience for us may mean a great deal to our parents and our grandparents. Demonstrate the grace of God toward your parents by staying in contact with them consistently. Number five, when you can, when it's possible, be present with them. Be present with them. Second John, verse 12, I hope to visit you. Look at these three things. I hope to Everybody say this with me. I hope to visit you and talk with you. How? Face to face. So that, and look, it says the reason you visit, the reason you talk to somebody, the reason you're face to face with somebody is because it actually completes your joy. So that our joy may be complete. That's a powerful verse right there. And so, uh, when you can be with them, your physical presence, your touch, it creates a closer and much needed bond between a parent and a child. You know, uh, my son is home this weekend, and uh, he's about 34 years old, 33, 34 years old, um, somewhere in there. And um, so, you know, he's a grown man, but boy, I, I love it when I see him. I haven't seen him in... Uh, several weeks, months sometimes, and to, to just hug and to just feel that hug and, and uh, his wonderful wife Amy and, and uh, to just hug her and, and to just feel that touch and to be with them. We can't do it very much. We don't do it as much as we want to, but that touch, that being present with them means so much. And there's nothing in a parent's heart. I don't know about you parents, but uh, and for me, there's nothing I cherish more than see that smile and feel that hug uh, from my child. So please, please don't forget how important touch is. Touch speaks volumes to your parents when you hug them, when you touch them. And you know what? Your parents may not be huggy-touchy, you know. Um, it's like sort of in the more modern times, it's, it's a little more, people are a little more affectionate. Uh, children maybe are a little more affectionate. I see more of that in younger couples. But you know, there was another generation when that wasn't really talked about very much and it wasn't taught on. And sometimes there was very little touch generations ago, a couple generations ago. There's very little touch. And, and maybe your parents are those who, who aren't like that. But let me tell you something. No matter how they react to it, they desire it. No matter how they react. I had a guy told me, he said, man, hugging my mom's like hugging a fence post. You know, it's like hugging a light pole. Hey, you know what? She still needs that hug. She still needs it. And you don't know what she went through. And you don't know really how she was brought up. And you don't, I, I'm telling you, there's a lot of things in your parents' past, possibly, that you need to consider. Maybe some abuse that happened that they never told you about. Or they never told anybody about. And it could be that the reason they're not as affectionate toward you physically or as affectionate toward you verbally is because there's something that happened in their past. You don't want to dig that out necessarily, but you want to understand that my mom, my dad want this even though there's not a big response. Am I making any sense? They need that from you. And listen, you need it. You need to hug them. And then as your children are growing up, teach them to have that connection. Teach them to have that kind of um, love and affection for one another. Your Father in heaven, I love this, receives glory when you take time out of your busy schedule to love on Him. 
when you take time out of your busy schedule to reaffirm Him and respect Him. And if it's true of our Heavenly Father, then it's certainly true of our earthly parents that they love it when we take time to do that. Number six, if you're with me, say amen. amen. Number six, y'all ready to get out of here, aren't you? I can tell. Number six, they need, they need you, especially as they get older, they need you to what? Generously assist them. They need your help. They need your help. And again, again, remember now, those of you who have older parents, a lot of times uh, they come from a generation where I don't want anybody to help me. I can do this all on my own. I can do it myself. But they still need that assistance. 1 Timothy 5 and 4. If a widow has children or grandchildren, these children or grandchildren should learn first... Sometimes we're good to everybody else except our parents, except our home. A lot of times we show more affection, more love. We serve people more than we serve our very own. The Bible says, let your service, let your assistance, let your generosity begin first of all to put their religion into practice. In other words, all this stuff you do here and loving on God and learning the Bible, the first place you put the stuff you learn here into practice is by caring for your own family and so repaying. I mean, that's what you're doing, really, when you're loving your parents back. You're repaying your parents and grandparents. <clears throat> and I love that last little uh, phrase at the end, for this is pleasing to God. When God look, listen, when he looks down and you're honoring your parents, it pleases him. For him to put that in the Ten Commandments, for it to be a commandment that has a promise attached to it, I'm telling you guys, how we treat our parents is really a very high priority on God's list. How we respect them. As a matter of fact, I think it says a lot about a society, how they treat their parents, how they treat the elderly, those who are growing older among them. And as I grow older, I will preach on this more and more and more, being good to old people. I just want to tell you. Um, <clears throat> my daughter-in-law, there's a possibility she's watching me right now online. I hope she is. Uh, but my daughter-in-law is a gift of God to our family. She is an incredible young lady. She's Chinese, and uh, I'm telling you, um, we, we just feel like she's a daughter to us. She has been such a blessing uh, to us. Um, <clears throat> but my youngest brother, Hal, asked her one day, uh, he said, here in America, um, what, what stands out to you uh, when, when you're here in this country, when you observe our country in um, contrast to the Chinese culture, what really, really stands out to you? She said, she said, you know, in our culture, one of the top priorities is to take care of the elderly. And she said, sometimes I am really surprised at how little the elderly are respected and taken care of. And look, she loves America. She's not busting. She's just saying, uh, you know, that we just don't really value that the way we should. And I think the Bible really bears that out. Uh, so number seven, <clears throat> Gently correct them. Now, number seven kind of overlaps with number, uh, was it number two? Yeah, disagree respectfully. So when you disagree, 
and, and maybe in your disagreement you have to speak up, you have to say something, then when you do correct uh, your parents or any person really who's older, uh, you do that in a gentle way. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 23, excuse me, time out. Got it. Proverbs 15, 23. A person who finds joy in giving an apt. A person finds joy in giving, joy in giving an apt. And that word apt, short for appropriate reply. And, and how good is a timely word. In other words, before you say something, think about what you're about to say. Before you're going to bring correction to somebody, think about it. Because there is also a word from Jesus in the Bible that says, do unto as you would have them do unto you. So don't speak to somebody in a way that would offend you to be spoken to that way. Time out right before you go blab it out. Have you ever said something and then reached out and tried to get the words and put them back in your mouth? Or you wish you could because it's already out there then. You know, like you meet a woman and you go, when's the baby doing? She goes, I'm not pregnant. You know, you just want to reach out there. And you just want to get those words, don't you? And get, or just kind of shrink and crawl into a crack in the floor. So, so gently correct. Uh, there may be times when you have to do that, and your correction must overflow with love. Your correction must overflow with kindness, respect, and patience. And you know what? Even though the thing that they did was public when they did it, and maybe it was even hurtful when they did it, and maybe it was even hurtful toward you when they did it, and it was in a public way, you know, what do you want to do? Well, you want to do it public too. Because, you, you know, I, our natures are, the, are human, and we just want But if you really honor them, then you might want to correct them where? In private, in private. Do it privately. That's the way you honor your parents. That's the way you respect them. That's how you get years added on to your life. There may be uh, times when that happens. As your parents, uh, they have the choice then when you correct them, uh, they don't have to listen to what you say because they're your parents. And they can uh, receive your input or disregard it. And uh, that should not um, measure how they respond to it. It should not uh, determine how much you love them and respect them and honor them. Number eight, I love this one. Number eight, reminisce with them. Man, they love when you talk about the old times. The older your parents get, the more they love to talk about the old times. And a lot of times, you know, as you get older, you begin to lose your memory. And uh, here's the thing I've noticed about that is that they can't remember last week, but they can remember 45 or 50 years ago and give you the details. And you know what? When your parents get in that mode and they're talking about old times, Man, feed that. Talk about, oh, tell me more. Let them do that. The, nothing brings them joy. Uh, and again, here I'm talking more about older parents, but nothing brings them joy more than talking about uh, things that happened in their past, the old, uh, way, old days and the old ways. And uh, another thing that I've enjoyed doing uh, with my dad and mom, and I need to do it more. As a matter of fact, it's, I'm due to do it right now is I love to get them in the car and ride, if you can, you can't always do that, we can't, we're able to do it, to where my dad was born. And just ride around where he was born and, 
and look at the old houses and, and look at the old farming equipment and look at the old barns and things that are still there. And my dad tell the stories and spend a little gas and ride around with them and uh, have a meal with them. They love that. This is a way to honor your parents. First Thessalonians 3 and 6, you, have, you always have pleasant memories of us. And, and um, you know, one of the things as you get older that, that you battle with is you battle with discouragement, you battle with despair, you battle with um, uh, sometimes even depression. And when you do this kind of thing right here, it lifts them up out of their discouragement. It lifts them up. It causes them to remember the good old days, to remember when they were healthy, to remember when they did some really fun things. My dad, uh, if y'all ever wonder where I got my humor from, my dad's absolutely hilarious. Now, a lot of you don't know that because a lot of you, since you've known my dad, um, he's just not able to do that or speak that way uh, the way he used to. But man, he tells some of the funniest stories. He's got a story he tells about when he was in high school and they had this mean teacher they didn't like. And one day that mean teacher got in his car and he was about to drive off and all those boys came there and just picked up the back tires off the ground and just sit there and held it. And he just tells a story about that teacher revving the gas and those wheels spinning and him cussing out the side window telling them, put this blankety-blank car down on the ground. And, and uh, it's just a hilarious story. And then, uh, you know, back in my dad's day, there were a lot of dirt roads. And so the state had a lot of equipment to keep dirt roads in, in order and to keep them um, um, fixed and in, in as good a repair as possible. And I don't even remember what this uh, thing was called. Uh, it's a weird-looking uh, contraption, but they would, they would drop a blade. The blade was in the middle of it, and they would drop that blade and just scrape the dirt roads. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, greater. And so uh, my, dad, um, my dad said him and a bunch of boys found one on the side of the road. This is old school. This is back in the day. I mean, stuff my dad did, you get locked up for it now. You'd be in prison. It'd be a felony now. And they just did it for fun And so, because they didn't have anything else to do. And uh, he said, we got that thing cranked. He said, the keys were in it. We got that thing cranked. And so me and my brothers are sitting there. We're just laughing our head off. And I said, uh, and he said, we got it going. And I said, well, Dad, whatever happened to it? He said, I don't know, man. <laughs> Last time we saw it, it was going through the woods. We just jumped <laughs> off and it was just headed on out through the woods. <clears throat> so, you know, um, get, get your folks telling uh, stories and reminiscing. They really, really love it um, when they reminisce. Because here's what we do as a family. A lot of times we talk about negative things. Come on now. We get together as a family sometimes and we, we gossip and we talk about bad things and we talk about hurts and not necessarily hurts we've done to each other but hurts that other people have done to us. And I'll tell you what, if you're doing that all the time, you're going to ruin your time together. You're going to ruin it. You're going to leave not feeling good, not feeling lifted up. You're going you're to leave feeling down. So when you get together, reminisce, look at them and go, hey, Dad, tell that story. Mom, tell that story that we all laugh at. I, listen, I can listen to my dad tell the same stories over and over and over. I know y'all are out there thinking, oh, so that's why you tell the same jokes over and over and over. Yeah, yeah. Y'all keep laughing. I'm going to keep telling them. Same ones. <clears throat> so so um, when you listen to them, um, you honor them, you edify them, you encourage them when you reminisce and talk about fond memories. Laugh with them. And then sometimes they'll tell a good story that's sad. Did you know you can tell a good story that's sad? 
You can tell the story about a good person and, and how they passed away and how you miss them. So you laugh with them, you cry with them, and you remember the good things. That's how you honor them. Number nine. Hey, number nine. Hmm, there's hope. Um, share your story with them. Now, this primarily, this point is primarily for those of you who have parents who aren't Christians. They, they don't go to church. They don't follow God. They're not in church. Um, then it's your job to share your story with them. 1 John 5, 11 and 12, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. What's his Son's name? Jesus. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Now, it's not saying here that that's what you need to say to your parents. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, one of the worst things you can do is preach to your parents. You know what you need to do in front of your unbelieving parents? Be Jesus. Be Jesus to them. Let them, they know you go to the bridge or maybe you're here visiting today, you go to another church. They know you go to church. They know you love God. They're just like other unbelievers. They want to see it in you. They want to see it in you. So don't preach to them. Don't go, I'm telling you, Mom, you need to do this, you need to do this. Dad, you need to do this and stop doing this and start. They're not going to listen to you. A wall's going to go up. Be Jesus to them. Serve them. Honor them. Love them. Do the things we've preached. Respect them. Give them your time. Do good deeds toward them. Speak lovingly to them. Share your story. Don't preach. Talk about what Jesus has done for you. As a matter of fact, guys, this is how we talk to any unbeliever. Is you talk about what Jesus did for you. You know, here's your testimony. Can I tell you what your testimony is? What I was before I met Jesus, the day I met Jesus, and what it's been like since I met Jesus. That's your testimony right there. Okay? Number 10. Don't be happy about that. Don't clap. Number 10, you got to affirm your love for them over and over and over, over and over and over. you got to affirm your love. And you affirm your love in three ways, time, words, and actions. You tell them you love them. You do things that show them you love them. And don't tell me you love me, but you never want to be with me. So time is absolutely essential. And I know that's not all that's not possible for everybody the same way. I know a lot of you don't live near your parents, but as much time as you can give them on the phone, as much time as you can give them, figure out ways. I mean, there are just so many cool ways with technology and everything that we can give time to our parents. So um, another thing about this, loving them and affirming your love for them, is the older your parents get, the more they're going to lean on you. And a lot of them didn't know they would have to lean on you as much as they're leaning on you. And so when they lean on you, it does something to them. It causes them to go, well, I'm not really worth much anymore. I really don't have anything to give anymore. And, and I, now I'm a burden to my children. And this, you say, well, they never say that. They might not ever say it, but I promise you it's going on in their thoughts. And so how do you relieve that for them? How do you uh, cause them to, uh, or how do you lift that burden for them by just constantly affirming your love for them? By saying it and telling them how much you value them. 
and telling them how glad you are you still have them. But then serving them in a way that shows that it's not just words. Being with them, again, that reveals your love for them, that it's not just words that I love you, but I'm, I'm being with you, demonstrating that unconditional love. And then went, let me just close with this. Um, every parent deserves your honor. If you're sitting here today and you're going, man, I'm telling you, I hear you, Pastor, but you're talking about a normal family. My family is not normal, you might be thinking. My parents don't receive my love. They don't receive my honor. My parents are very critical. My parents are very uh, <clears throat> hurtful in their words. But see, listen. You honor them not because of them primarily, but you honor them because God said do it. So then when you honor them because God said to do it, then you are really honoring God. So when you honor a parent who is very negative, or maybe they've got a deep wound in their life that you don't know anything about, and all they know to give back is negative and, and, and sour and acid remarks and actions that hurt you, and then listen, listen, let your honor for them come out of your love for God. Let, let your honor and let your good treatment come out of your love for God because when you honor them, you glorify God. So don't put it all on them and go, you're not, worth, you're not worthy of my honor. You're not worthy of my respect. You're not worthy of my kind acts. You're not worthy of my kind words. You know what? They might not be, but God is. God is. Do it for God. Do it as unto the Lord. When you show honor and respect for your mother and father, you're actually worshiping God. There's no higher level of worship than obedience. Now, God loves it when we come in here and sing and you lift your hands, but real worship is when we go out in the real world and live for God and love God. That's real worship. Amen. <clears throat> The Lord remembers when you do what is right. When you do what is right, the Lord remembers, especially when you do what is right towards your parents. And he will reward you generously. He will add years to your life. He will add life to your years. Let's all stand together.